Hey, if you don't know me, I'm Micah Blanks. I'm the director of adult discipleship here at Trinity United Methodist Church. Um, hello to you all and hello to you all viewing online. Um, I'm the director of adult discipleship, like I've already said. And in my work here, I focus on the curricula, all the things that we study here at the church as adults. And in that focusing, I focus to make sure that love is at the source of everything we do, whether it's Disciples Path, Kairos Ministries, whether it's um, Healing Touch, whether it's Stephen Ministry, no matter what it is, it's this entire, it's this idea that love is at the focus. And so a month ago, when Catherine Fluck Price, Reverend Catherine, asked me if I would preach today, I thought, oh my gosh. I'm nervous already, and that was a month ago. And, and so I, I had to do some research on what is love and what does it mean to each one of us. I mean, you know, that old song, What is Love? It's in that movie, Night at the Roxbury, came to my mind. It's like, duh-duh-duh-duh-duh-duh-duh. And I thought to myself, no, I can't do that in the pulpit. I, I can't. You know, it's just what is love to each and every one of us? And, and it's got to be at the source. You all know those great co-missions that we have to love ourselves and our neighbor and to go into all the world and teach and baptize all people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These great co-missions begin from this place of love. And so... With love being the center, if I ask you, where does love come from, everybody's going to say the heart. I was reminded by a friend of mine that the heart has four chambers. It's got your aorta sides left and right and your ventricle sides left and right. These different chambers help in consortium together to make sure that not only are we ticking properly, but that we can love, that this heart language, th this heart religion, this heart space, this heartfelt people, as we are called, can come together. And so today we're going to look at a scripture from Acts chapter 16 and in this series called Love Redeems. Today we're going to look at another conversion and how can love can renew and refract us. Renew us in the sense that once we experience it, once we go through it, we will never be the same and you can't unsee it and refracted in that you're sent in a new direction, usually upward, onward, into deeper connection. And so, would you pray for me as I pray for you in receiving this message? Good and gracious God, you are the rock and redeemer, the author and the finisher, the alpha and the omega of our faith. And so, creator God, I ask now that you would create a thin space between us, that we would be enveloped in your love and know that indeed, God, you have shown up here. And so, Lord, speak to me, through me, and in spite of me, that something said here today would bless these, your disciples, under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 
And so our scripture lesson comes from Acts chapter 16, um, if we could get that pulled up. And, and so this is the common English version. <clears throat> a vision of a man from Macedonia came to Paul during the night. He stood urging Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave for the providence, province of Macedonia concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We sailed from Troas straight for, for Samothrace and came to Neapolis. The following day from there, we went to Philippi, a city of Macedonia, first district and a Roman colony. We stayed in this, that city for several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the riverbank where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered there. One of those women was Lydia, a Gentile God worshiper from the city of Thyatira, a dealer in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, now that you have decided that I am a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. The word of God for the children of God. Thanks be to God indeed. <laughs> I'm not sure if we're thankful yet, but here we go. So those ladies who dealt in purple and their families were certainly thankful they sat down with Paul at the uh, riverbank, and, and so as they, they did so, that they came closer together. I, I can imagine they caught fish, they dealt in purple, and they, they remembered the message of love that was Jesus Christ, that it was a message that was for all people, a message for different people, and a message for those on a variance of difference of journeys. You know, this, this four-part idea, this four-part exploration of love, we're going to go through scripture, we're going to go through tradition, we're going to go through reason and experience. And so their scriptural understanding of love was that after Lydia and her family had been baptized, she recognized that, well, now, Paul, now that you see me as a sister in Christ, now that you believe that I am your sister, would you come closer and have dinner? Would you come and join with me on this journey? I can think of another time when love was at the source of everything that was taking place, and, and that's in Exodus chapter 17 with Moses, Aaron, and Hur on the scene praying for Joshua as they were in battle with the Amalekites. As Moses was praying, his arms would get tired and they would come and prop him up on every leaning side. As he prayed, his legs would get weak, so they got a stone so that he could sit. And that is exactly what ministry is supposed to be for us. Love is just like a good portal. Once you step through it, you can't unsee it and you can't undo it and you can't go back. The only option is to get deeper and deeper into this love. Another space in the Bible where we see this love being the central focus is in Daniel chapter 3 when, all the, when those three young men get thrown into the fiery furnace and, and so they're, they're there and, and the king looks and says, 
Guys, did not we throw three in, but I see four. And so I'm here to tell you that God is on your side. And because God loves you, it's the scriptural understanding for us that love must be at the center. We've talked about great commission. We talked about scriptural focus and how it all is about the belief that we carry. And so now let's move to tradition. Our tradition as United Methodist folk is steeped with the idea of love, love for people from a variance and difference of communities. And so let's start with our sacraments. What is love as it pertains to our sacraments? If you, if you pull out your handy-dandy United Methodist hymnal and you turn to page 12, you'll see the uh, prayer of confession in the communion liturgy. Reverend Dan could tell you that it says, forgive us, O Lord, we have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us and free us for joyful obedience to you that, that this love must be a joyful thing that we do that as I try to get closer to you, Toby Monaco, as I try to get closer to you, Mark Davis, as I try to get closer to you, Dar Holly, that, that God is, something, is the space between us and it's getting smaller. God is that space. And so as we journey through what it means, the other sacrament of baptism, when we are finished confessing our faith and just before we profess the, the um, affirmation of faith, we're asked this question, will you nurture these people? And indeed, we say we will so nurture these people in God's love. We will surround them with God's love. It's our hope. It's, it's a push and pull within the sacraments that we push away the, the apathy of the world. We push away the fact that people seek to, to be not caring. It's that individualistic thing. And yet we bring together the idea that we want to grow together. Love is something that we nurture, and as we do so, we all grow together in our spiritual journey. And so finally, as we examine tradition, we examine tradition in the sense that, think about Trinity, our home church. How many of you all can think about what the logo looks like? You know, that, that little three-part chamber. If you say it with me, that word is perichoresis. One, two, three, perichoresis. It's the relationship between God that the Trinity is three and one and one and three. And so as, as God seeks to live in community, so too should we seek to live in community. It's this call that as we grow together, each of those chambers is interwoven in different parts, but yet still of the same. I'm so glad that we're not all like-minded, that we all don't have the same journey, but that the cultivation and the amalgamation of gifts and people here are of a variety of sorts. And so I call back to one more scripture, and this scripture is earlier in the book of Acts, and it's Acts chapter 2. And this scripture is something that has indelibly made a mark on my life and my theological understanding. And it came from no one other than our very own Reverend Ben. Last year, if you all can remember, Reverend Ben got to um, preach on Pentecost Sunday. 
And as Reverend Ben told us about this, this people who were experiencing a sermon so good that they all began to speak in tongues. Don't hold your tongues. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. But, but really, they all began to, to speak. And people from Mesopotamia and Thyatira and, and Samaria and so many other different places, they all came together and they understood each other because love was the source. And here's the kicker. Reverend Ben told me that, the, told us all actually, that the, the Pentecost Sunday where they all understood each other was the reversal of the Tower of Babel. That in the Old Testament, the Tower of Babel was when they were all sent away and their languages were scattered and there was no love. But the love of coming together in the word and in Jesus Christ is so important to us here at Trinity that it's a part of our logo. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm right here with you. Oh, Oh, come on. I don't, some of you want to be with your neighbor and then some of you look like, I can't believe I came to church with you today. <laughs> but remember that love is at the source of everything that we're doing. So much so that as I've examined love and I've tried to figure out what exactly love is, I, I thought about our tradition a little bit further in that we have a church that wouldn't allow people to own slaves. We have a church that talks about issues and makes sure that we, we come together. We have a church as the United Methodist Church that, that loves people from all different communities. Yes, I'm saying that. And it's so wonderful to see that we don't celebrate differences. I mean, we celebrate them, but what we celebrate is our connection the things we have together in common. We all have a heart, we all have four chambers there, and we all seek to grow in meaningful connection. As a matter of fact, that's what emotions researcher Barbara Fredrickson says is her definition of love. It's the preoccupation and the desire to grow in further meaningful connection. That as a church, as a people, we, we seek to do love and to be love, to love ourselves and to love our neighbor. And when we don't do that, we've fallen outside the realm of what our mission is. And so I'm, I'm going to ask you one question. Is love just one emotion? I say no. Within the idea of love, you can experience joy and vulnerability. You can experience shame. You can experience betrayal and trust. You can experience grief and loss. You can experience affection and so many more different emotions. That love isn't just one thing, but love encompasses all things. As a matter of fact, when some people say, well, what's the opposite of love? Because we do a better job defining words by what they are not rather than what they are. So people would say, well, the opposite of love is hate. And that's not exactly true. The opposite of love is apathy, the lack of caring, the lack of doing what we have been called to do, to be disobedient. And that harkens us back to our tradition of communion. That when, when our love failed, God's love remained. Those boys in the fiery furnace 
King Nebuchadnezzar saw yet one more and, and our love still yet just isn't quite enough sometimes. And that's when God picks up the remainder. Love is a conversion still yet because love is not something you give or get, but love is something that we nurture. You have to nurture love. I mean, when we, when we meet someone, we can understand that love is what we've been called to do. I can love Kim Pridgen. I can love all of you. I can love every single person here, but, but yet it's about when we do witness and not witness that we'll have meaningful connection. Let me run that by you one more time. Witness, W-I-T-H-N-E-S-S instead of witness. You know, when I grew up, I was in the Baptist church and we used to do that thing where we would go from door to door and we would knock on doors and we would hand out Bible tracts and I'm witnessing to you and I'm telling you, and I'm not talking about anyone negatively, but I'm just saying that's my experience of, of my faith. And you know what, it worked. I saw so many people come to Christ because relationships do come out of that. But instead of just saying, I'm going to go and witness to you, to you, I'm going to come and do witness alongside you. That it's my job to come and build a relationship, to see you exactly where you are on your journey and to grow and to go with you. So I know that I've done a lot of talking and I brought some friends with me and they're in a video and we're gonna watch that. And I'm gonna ask that you look for the portals in this scene, okay? So if you could, um, let's, let's roll our video. So some of you might be asking, whoa, that's a lot of emotion and energy. And some of you might also be thinking, I have no idea what's happening in worship today. <laughs> I have no idea. It's great. I love to see all of your varied faces. And so if you haven't seen that movie, that is Avengers Endgame. Um, spoilers alert right here. That is kind of the last battle scene of that movie. And, and so it's so amazing because when you look at the portals, you see both where people are coming from and where they're going. You see the fact that they are marching ever onward, which is one of my favorite Christian hymns, Onward Christian Soldiers, that we go onward in the idea of love, that we move forward and forever are changed and we do it together. I love that part when Dr. Strange looks at his compatriot and says, is that all of them? And he says, you want it more? My answer is, oh yes, we want more. We want more. Turn to your neighbor and say, we want more. How do we do it? We do it with love. We want more. We want so many more that, that people see us and they look at us and say, well, wait, didn't three people go in? But now I see four. We want more so much so that we realize that the battle is already ours and the battle is already won. Not that we sit there like the psalmist from Psalm 4 and think, oh, Lord, how long are you going to revile us and allow us to be in this space of, of disconnection and discomfort? But, oh, Lord, instead restore me and renew me. Let me step out in braveness into this new space and love people who look different with me. Oh, Ben, I don't think they hear me today. Ben, I'm not sure they're with me. It's important for us to have this connectional space where we come together and are loved and are forever transformed because of it. 
And so let me explain that movie a little bit more. And you might not have been able to hear it when the portals first began to open. Captain America, everybody loves Captain America. He's not my favorite Avenger. But uh, besides that, everybody loves Captain America. And his friend Falcon flies over the left side of his shoulder and says, I'm on your left. If you've been watching the whole series of all the movies, when there was one movie, I think, in the series about four movies back called Captain America Civil War. And he flies over Captain's shoulder again and says, on your left, it was a call back to that moment that there's a sense of togetherness because they are two men who are in, in the military with that military experience that, you know, some of us might know the phrase, I'm on your six which means I'm behind you, I've got your back, I'm on your left, I'm right here with you. And it's so amazing that as everyone comes through the portals, the variety of differences of all people, it's so amazing to see what it means to do witness and what we can do to change the world. And so experience is the last chamber I'm going to talk to you about just very briefly. Reverend Doctors Michael Moyna and Michael Beck and their seminal work on Fresh Expressions, which is a part of what I do here at Trinity through the outreach team, they talk about new contextual ministries. And I've already unpacked that idea of witness to you, but, but what they do when they expand upon that even further, they say that that is the new space that the church is going to enter into. And so this week I got to sit down at the front desk and I got to hear Miss Jean Evans. Welcome all the kids to Stepping Stones. It was so amazing because she was talking to some of the little children and she, she asked them, and who was our friend who dealt in purple? And she said, the little kids all, Lydia. And they remembered that from their lesson, they had learned about the togetherness that is possible and, and necessary to spreading the good news. It was so amazing to see it from little children on up through adults. And so I'm asking you to remember the scripture lesson of Lydia. Once they had received the message of God, Lydia's life was forever changed because she desired a sense of closeness that only could be recognized by those who shared the same love, the love of Christ, the love of self, and the love of others. As a matter of fact, we're gonna get ready to celebrate communion. And Ben's gonna come up and he's gonna tell us that in, in the epiclesis, the prayer where we are made one in ministry and with each other and one in ministry with Christ until Christ comes in final victory. And that final victory is one that is surrounded, dripping in, covered, blessed by and consecrated by love. And so Trinity, please love in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.